Blog Talk Radio. Another edition of the Total Sports Live podcast here on Block Talk Radio. And like I say before, every any podcast that we do, you can check it out on blogtalkradio.com backslash Total Sports Live or, 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 or you can check it out on your smartphone. Yes, folks, if you have an Apple device, Android, Windows Phone, Blackberry, anything that has an app store, anything that has an app store. You can download the TuneIn Radio app, search the TSL podcast from there. You can subscribe. We really appreciate all the people that listen listen to us through the TuneIn Radio app. Always appreciate the support with that. And we're also on the Apple platform as well. Yes, if you go on iTunes, go to the podcast section from there, search TSL podcast. You can subscribe to us from there as well. You can leave a comment because we're always looking for different ways to improve the podcast. Um, and give the listeners what you guys want to hear and what you want to talk about. So always leave a comment, and we'll be and we'll be and we'll be great to uh, talk about it. But since the Eagles did play last night, we're going to be talking and we're going to be recapping last night's game, breaking it down, X and O's, and now let's just giving our thoughts on yesterday's uh, twenty-nine to fourteen victory over um, <clears throat> over the. Uh, Chicago Bears. It was another excellent performance. Again, you could say all three phases of the game. <laughs> the Eagles dominated uh, once again, and then actually another great performance uh, from Carson Wentz. And we're going to talk about that. Now we're going to talk about Carson Wentz' first road debut, first uh, first game on the road. We're going to grade that performance. We're also going to look at who's. We'll also see on the offensive side of the ball. And uh, give our thoughts on the offense as a whole. As a whole, excuse me. Who stepped up? Who didn't step up? We're going to look at that. And we're also going to talk about the defense. The defensive line got pressure on Cutler, but the secondary there's still a concern out there in the secondary. So we're going to discuss that, and we're going to look forward to this upcoming Sunday's game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's going to be very tough for the Eagles. It will not be the same as it was uh, <laughs> in the preseason. So we're going to dive into all those topics and more. But you already know, always joining me on the podcast, my co-host, the one and only, Angela Montoni. Angela, how are you doing today? Doing well. How about yourself? Doing good. Doing doing very good. As I said, like we told everybody on a Sunday, we were going to come back and do a Tuesday night podcast. So we are back uh, talking Eagles like we said we were, and we got a lot to touch on this game because it started off a little, 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 a little rough in the beginning for the Eagles. They were, they, they, they didn't convert in the red zone, but, whoa, they started off slow, but they eventually uh, they eventually got the job done at the end. 
it was kind of like last. It was kind of like last week where they started off slow, and then the second half they just exploded. Well, they had some problems. I think there were problems in the secondary, definitely. Um, there were problems on the O line. I think Carson Wentz took way too many hints or hits than he should have. Um. I think Caleb Sturgis is hurt. That really honestly is the only reason to me that they went for it on mm-hmm. I don't know, fourth and whatever, like the kicker was hurt. You know, Carson was seems to be doing a really good job. He this is my takeaways from him. And again, you know, I've been a critic of him because there was another quarterback I wanted the Eagles to draft and this is all well documented, but I think that he is a really good, accurate quarterback. I think he has the intelligence to manage the game. He can recognize the defense and kill the play and and do another one. You know, I have faith in him. And from what I saw from him, I really, really liked. But there's still some things I need to work on. They're, the secondary is pretty much non-existent. Like, they're, you might as well rename them Burnt Toast. Yeah, yeah, we're going to definitely talk about the uh, – we're definitely going to dive, dive in and talk, in, uh, and talk about the uh, secondary. But like you said, Carson Wentz, he did a great job, again, managing the, managing the game. And, no, we're not calling him a game manager, but he did manage – the game and the situation really well, but like you said, he does got to get out of bounds. You can't, you got to live to fight another down, live to fight another play. Yeah. You don't got to get the one to two yards. Just, 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 just go out of bounds. It's okay. It, it's all right. It's not North Dakota State. It's not college football in general where you can just lower your shoulder and knock somebody back. That's not happening uh, in the NFL. And when we look at, when we, when we look at uh, Carson Wentz's stats from, Last night's game against the Chicago Bears, his completion percentage went up. He completed 61.8% of his passes uh, for 190 yards and a touchdown with a quarterback rating of 86, uh, 86.6 quarterback rating. So, again, very solid job by Wentz. His completion percentage probably would have been a little bit higher if his uh, wide receivers actually caught the damn football. But yep, Jordan Matthews really showed up his hot hands at it again. And nothing Aguilar. We can't we can't let Aguilar off the uh, yeah. off the hook either. <laughs> can't let him off the hook. But when we look at Wentz's performance, what would you what would you grade him? What would you give him a grade? Because you know, if everybody know, last week me and you and Jalo were the kind of people that were we were on the B side. <laughs> Of, uh, of 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 Carson Wentz's performance, but now after seeing his second performance, like I said last, like I said last week, I want to see him string a couple performances together before I go gung ho on 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 a grade on on a, on a, on a, on, a, on a grade. What would you give him after you saw what you saw last night? Well, it depends on what grading scale you look at, because when I was at Millersville. A B plus with a three point five, and at Temple a B plus with a three three three. So if we're going off of Temple's grading system, I give him a B plus. I give him a three three three. He was a little bit better than a B, which is an improvement considering I gave him a B last week. So 
he's a little bit better than a day, like B plus ish, depending on what your grading scale is. But I mean, I mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I I think he improved. I think he showed. I th- I think he's he's really playing with the maturity of a veteran, which is amazing to see. I just right. have to see more from him. Not feeling that I just have to see more from him. I'm not trying to discount the kid. I'm not trying to, you know, badger him or belittle him. I need to see more from the kid. And that's all I'm saying. But for this past week I give him a B plus ish, depending on what grading scale you're going on. Yeah, yeah, we I I I would fall in that same uh round two and we're gonna continue this conversation. But also joining us, I forgot to mention in the podcast, we do have a special guest uh, joining us on the podcast tonight. You guys know him. He's been on the podcast before uh, in recent months. Last year he was on the podcast. It's none other than Philadelphia hip-hop artist Kid Wiz joining us here on the podcast. What's up? My fault. I'm sorry. How y'all doing? Good. How are you? I can't complain. I can't complain. I'm sorry. I, but I'm sometimes you still do, right? That's how it goes. Yeah. So, so as we were stopping the conversation. So the topic of we're grading Carson Wentz's performance, as, as I said, me and Angela and Jalil were on the B side, and Angela has now upgraded it. Based on his improvements, we have, right, Angela, we've gone with a, you have gone with a B plus if we're going by simple grading scale. We've B moved plus it up. Ish. B plus ish, we're adding the ish to it. <laughs> and then the no, ish. like I said, there are certain places that count a B plus with a three five, and some places that count a D plus with a three three three. So somewhere in between there, a little bit okay. bigger than a bit. Yeah, we'll stay with that. To throw in my two cents on it, I guess. Um, I would say honestly, um, given what I've seen. I'm more towards the A minus side only because well, first thing first thing first, um, Javon, me and you talked about this in the preseason. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, veterans can't do that he's doing as far as picking up reads and, and, and really thriving in understanding how to adapt to defenses. Um, I wish he wouldn't take so many hits. You know, the audit game I there's a couple times he was hit. And they, I, I held my breath, but um, ultimately, I want to say the reason I'm leaning more towards the A minus and the B side. I understand why everybody would say strong B. You don't want to give him, you know, too much um, praise right now because he played the Browns and 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 Chicago, which aren't no major teams. But I'm gonna say if you look at a couple of Jordan Matthew drops, his his stat line would be would be borderline unbelievable if a couple of those drops are actually caught. So, um, yesterday, I think Jordan Matthews left what? If not, if not seven, he definitely left at least 10 points on the board with, with, um, the first, mm-hmm. the first drop, he missed a touchdown pass that was dead in his hands. And if I'm not mistaken, early third quarter, I believe, he had a drop. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure if they scored on that drive or not. Before halftime. Before sure. halftime. That's what it was. Before halftime. Yeah, and you know, you know, you take those points that you know a drop took away. Now you're talking about Carson Wentz might have you know had 
I mean, might have more touchdowns and and could almost be having as many touchdowns as incomplete passes, you know? So, like, you don't want to – I mean, I say I, I go A- minus because maybe it was something on his end that led to those balls being dropped, which I don't see. But I still <laughs> think he's playing he's, – he's exceeding any of the wildest expectations with two games in, in, in this Philadelphia offense with no turnovers, efficient um, quarterback calls. I'm giving him an A minus. And I'm glad that you brought up that brought up that stat about about Wentz throwing having no uh, having no turnovers, Angela. That's been really big for the Eagles in this first in the first two in the first in these first two games this season. Because we remember last year, Angela. We remember the podcast uh, <laughs> after that Falcons game, and then after the and then after the Cowboys game, where he was just talking about the turnovers, and it was just like, oh my god. <laughs> The horrible interceptions. This has to be a right. breath of fresh air to see the rookie taking care of the football and not making the dumb throws. He's not making the dangerous throws that rookies make. He doesn't force the ball. I'll say that. He doesn't force it. No, he doesn't. True. And my whole thing is I'm cautiously optimistic a bit about him. I want to believe that he is everything that everyone says he is going to be. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to take it game by game. And, yeah, it's a huge accomplishment that he's a rookie and he's won his first two games and has not thrown interception in either of them. I think he's the only one in the NFL history who has done that. I think if you were to go – yeah, I think if you were to go back and, like, Google that, I think he's the only one in the NFL history who has played his first two games as a rookie and not thrown one single interception. So, kudos to him – I really want to believe that he is everything everyone says he is. I'm just trying to be cautiously optimistic. But, yeah, he, he has played great. He got a hand in the kid. Of course he has. Maybe not the best. Like, I mean, he's not playing, like, in a weak quarterback. I mean, from your rookie quarterback, like, what more can you expect? Mm-hmm. And no, they're in a rebuilding phase. They seem, mm-hmm. you know, meshing really well together. And the big thing is the offense is, spending so much more time on the field so the defense gets more rest. And I think oh, that's that just, true that, part that of it. That just brings too. joy to your ears. That just brings joy to your ears every time I bring mm-hmm. a time of possession to you. <laughs> every time I think oh, yeah. they had 39 minutes of time of possession. Like, they dominated the ball. Because it's not, listen, it's not a game like basketball, right? Like, basketball is the same five people on the floor for however much time they are on there for. You know, they are on offense, they are on defense, they don't really ever get a break. You have some players that play from friggin' whistle to whistle or buzzer to buzzer, whatever you want to say. Football is different. You have two different squads that go on and go off. And, you know, when you have an offense that doesn't want to take the time to run their plays, your defense spends more time on the on the field. So now we've got a coach, thankfully, that's more cognizant of time of possession. And mm-hmm. the offense is spending more time on the field, which gives the defense more rest, which makes them perform better. And that's why they've been, you know, over the past few games doing what they do. Hopefully it continues. Let's see. 
I think this coming week is their first real test because the Steelers, mm-hmm. they beat the Browns, they beat the Bears, all well and good, awesome, good job, guys. But, you know, next week you're going to face a real NFL team. So let's see how you do. Yeah, we're going to jump in. We're going to talk about that real NFL team later in the podcast. But you, both of you have already hinted towards other players on this offense, Jordan Matthews, Nelson Aguilar, the offensive line. Me and you, Angela, talked about the offensive line last night, and it was just like, oh, my God, Jake, Jason Kelsey, what are you doing? Trey Burton oh, yeah. stepped out. Jeez, Trey Burton listen, stepped Kobe, up with no Zachers. Kelsey will be my dud until the day he's cut. He's just not an NFL <laughs> center. You know, it's for real. He gets called for so many damn penalties. I mean, that face mask that he got called for, that was Bush League. Like, you've been in the league how many years? You should not do that. You should know that that is unacceptable to just grab up the guy. Like, I don't really understand what he, you know, gives to the team at this point anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing, you know. Let's talk about the offense, you know. Wayne, you mentioned it. You you mentioned the um the wide receivers, Jordan Matthews, the drops. Nelson Aguilar had Hot some drops on. yesterday. Yeah, they've been bad. Josh Huff, you know, he's there but he's not there. Mm-hmm. What are your overall so, thoughts on the wide receiver position through the first two games? And you know, what do you what have you thought about it? Even though you got to give credit, like I said, to Trey Burton who stepped up yesterday, coming in, filling in the Zach Ertz role. I think he had five catches for forty something yards and a touchdown. Pretty solid game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna start it off like this. Um, first, first thing first. You know, both games, Eagles scored north of 21 points, which isn't prolific in the NFL. But while still scoring north of 21 points, both games, you can say the Eagles kind of left meat on the bones um, with Mm -hmm. horrendous drops. Um, I I believe, honestly – there should have, I mean, both games could have easily been 35 points scored apiece, you know? Yeah. Um, easily. Now, with that being said, I think right now, I'm going I'm to go to a season that is reminiscent of, of the team we're about, the Eagles are about to play. Um, 2004, Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, if anybody remembers that season, you should remember that this rookie quarterback came into a position that he wasn't expected to come into on a team that wasn't, you know, they were defensively not as good as everybody thought they would be, but they just had the right pieces in the right places to lead a rookie quarterback into a 15-1 and season. That rookie quarterback mm-hmm. turns out to be – Ben Roethlisberger, who, I mean, let's be honest, he wasn't he wasn't um, deemed the Tom Brady of the NFL. His first is coming out party. This was a guy who just was thrown into the right situation around players to learn from, and the right moves were made to put him in position to succeed. Now, 
let's let's plug in this the same story to Carson Wentz. I'm not jumping on that they can go 15 and one. No, they play. You know, I'm looking at their schedule. They play some some guaranteed losses in my book. But I'm going to say, and I spoke to you about this earlier. If there's an opportunity to make your team better, do it. Because the, if him and his rookie season to grow with players like a inner Josh Gordon, low risk. I mean, low risk. You might have to, they, they're saying they want a second for him, but their season, I mean, we already know Cleveland's season is gone. So let's try to sw- try to swindle in some magic, get a fourth, maybe, I mean, trade a fourth for him, maybe a fourth and a fifth. I don't, I mean, to me personally, I think he's worth it. If it doesn't pan out, cool. You know, you only lost two picks. But the problem is if he does pan out, now that 35 I'm talking about that they should have had is – you you raise the likelihood of that happening. Um, there's you're coming up to a point of the season where we're only in week two. We're only going into week three, but by week four, five, we already know there's going to be disgruntled stars. Um, you have the wide receiving core of Washington in up in arms about their quarterback. You know, and not to say that I want any of them personally, but I'm a thousand percent sure. There's some some wide receivers over there saying, wait, you've been here, and you're not doing stuff that this rookie is doing. I I might want to go over there. And you know how disgruntled stars in sports, they can can be moved so easily. So I'm saying with with all that to be said, with the way the Eagles' defense is playing, I think they have to start buying in to the nail pieces to, to let Wentz, you know, further his growth at a quicker pace. Mm-hmm. Interesting, but they've already interesting did. viewpoint. Yeah. I completely get what you're saying. They've already started doing that. I mean, the thing is, you can't attract the free agents unless you have something worth attracting them for. So they're pulling in everyone that they can at this point, but it's not for lack of trying. So for what you're saying, like that kind of recruitment is probably not going to come around until next year because – they were awful last year, and they're starting to, like, you know, pull themselves out of the muck and the mire, but it doesn't matter because there are a lot of free agents and, and players that are looking to go other places that aren't going to want to go there because it's on paper looks like a loser at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been, I mean, I, th- that strategy probably is going to work, but it's going to need a couple years to come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, but I, I look at you know some of the some of the um I look at some of the players that and you know that's why the first name I bring up is definitely a Josh Gordon because you know he's still fairly young and he he he, he has to make himself a redemption story this year like. He's at the he's at, he at in a position right now where in Cleveland he won't do anything. Cleveland is definitely looking they're, they're definitely looking to dump him. They put it out there. If somebody's, you know, idiotic enough to give us a second, we'll give him up. Well, for a second, no. However, closer you get to the trade deadline and knowing that you don't even have a quarterback anymore. This is like full out tank mode. 
there, I think the, the, the talks are going to loosen up. The, the talks can loosen up there. Um, now, the Washington thing, that's definitely a stretch. I'm, I mean, you know, that's a yoga stretch. But I believe <laughs> there stretch. will be points throughout the season where receivers, especially receivers, because receivers are the, uh, the, the, the prima donna position of the NFL, sort of thing. So, you know, mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of disgruntled players and as long as Wentz looks how he looks now, that's all that matters. Keep up how Wentz looks now. Because from the outside looking in, you can easily say a couple court balls and this offense would look almost as, ma- as amazing as the defense has been looking. So as a wide receiver, you know, especially given some of these teams that are supposed to be great right now, um, you know, Blake Bortles isn't looking as good as he was supposed to look. I mean, I can go down the list of, of people that are, are underachieving right now. And the possibility for teams that are losing their season four or five games in to say, you know what, I might be willing to part ways with this player because I have other needs that this cat free up and these picks can help me with versus, you know, uh, uh, um, hoarding a player that, isn't you know isn't panning out, so I just say you know there it's, it's a stretch. It's definitely going to be one of those far left fields like the the Green Beckham trade. Nobody saw that coming, and he's slowly but surely coming into the speed of things. But I still think they need one more because I am completely off the Jordan Matthews train. Despite you know the couple catches he makes the game, I think he dropped some of the most easiest catches that you know somebody his size and in his profession should be making. So I, I think a move is, is definitely in the future. That's a great point. I mean, we've seen even after in the preseason, we, we, we heard the reports, you know, that the Eagles were still trying to look to acquire a wide receiver. I mean, even before they traded for Doriel Green Beckham, they had put in a contract. They had, they had real interest in Anquan Bolden. Uh, when Rasheed Bailey, the former Delaware Valley product, when he got cut, the Eagles were look were had put a waiver claim in him to try to get him off waiver. So they're definitely still looking to get the uh, the, the the get the wide receiver position. Uh, they're still trying to develop that one, develop it, and continue with to make it more explosive. Adding Josh Gordon to the fold would be lit. I'm not going to lie. Adding Josh Gordon with Dorio Green Beckham, Jordan Matthews in the slot. Oh Lord, that would just be amazing. He Carson Wentz would have some amazing targets on the outside, no doubt to throw it up to. So it's definitely something I think the Eagles probably will definitely keep their eye on as the trade deadline uh, gets closer. And before we talk about the defense, Angela, your thoughts on the running game? Because Ryan Matthews has stayed healthy through the first two games of the season. That is an accomplishment. <laughs> I, think when they, I think when they use the running game, it's effective, but the problem is they throw so much mm-hmm. that there's no real, like, the defense on the other side isn't, you know, they need something to, they need to run the ball more to drag the secondary in mm-hmm. so they can throw the ball and get open. They throw the ball so mm-hmm. much and the secondary's like, spread out. So when they run the ball, it's like the line takes care of it and it doesn't matter. They, they neutralize the, the pass game. They need to, like, spread it out more so that if they want to run, they can have those alleys and stuff. And when they want to throw, 
the secondary is closer to the line because they might run. Yeah, that's Ryan that's, Matthews that's, that's, that's has done a great job. A great so Darren Sproles, but that's that's my whole thing. They they need to balance it a little bit more so that you know the secondary pulls in a little bit so they can help their passing game and and then kind of branch it out so they can help their running game. Mm-hmm. Right, and that starts, and I think that's what we were talking about earlier before, uh, in the first few minutes of the show was I think that starts with the offensive line. The offensive line yeah. has to get pushed. It has to get pushed because that's the only way your running backs are going <laughs> to Open, going to get the opening holes to, you know, make some plays happen. And we saw that in the second half a little bit towards the end where Ryan Matthews ripped off that big run. And it seems like, I don't know, Doug Peterson is doing this whole running back by committee. We've seen, I think, King on Barner touch the ball. We've seen Sproles touch the ball. We've seen Matthews touch the ball. We've seen Wendell Smallwood touch the ball. So all four mm-hmm. running backs are going to be fine. They're going to be, they're going to be healthy, I say the least. And I like that. I like that what Peterson is doing, and that he's using a guy like Ryan Matthews more at the goal line to be more that goal line back, like to punch it in. Like he's that guy that we're just gonna give it to him, punch it in. So I like that, and I like that for fan, and I like that for fantasy football reasons too. He can, if he gets <laughs> touchdowns, that means that's good for my fantasy team. Just like, just like. You would. <laughs> Now, the sure. one thing I think with the running game that I, I, I think um, is sort of a problem, um, I, I can see they're running by committee, but I I, I kind of see where this scheme is coming from. This is using the pads as a, as a kind of run game where, you know, it's 21 – 21 completed passes and only 190 yards, you know, that's reminiscent of a of a Bill Belichick type system where, you know, we're not going to, they're never going to give you 200 on the ground or a consistent 150 on the ground. It's more so slowing the pace down and take a shot. I, I would like to see Carson Wentz get a few more shots deep, but most of their, most of the game plan is Facing plays and and opportunities to like spread out a defense and then force the run. That's kind of why the run started working a little more in the second half because when the when the the spacing plays the um what's it the Ohio plays and all of these you know short game plays start going into factor. Now you have your linebackers spread out a little further and in comes the run game. I don't. I still don't think Ryan Matthews is is the the, the long term answer at running back. I've never been a fan of his. Um, I think he's good, but you know, I I definitely felt like they 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 could have. I mean, I feel like they definitely shouldn't be opposed to looking if there's a a, 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 a top notch running back, you know, in their draft range. Um, this year they shouldn't be opposed to at least looking at it. Um, and long long story short. I think this is going to do uh, the the passing game that they have right now is going to keep Ryan Matthews healthy because it limits the amount of, of punishment he's taking along with the the running back by committee and and avoiding that 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 workload. 
I'd agree with you. Definitely agree with you, and we'll see what the running game does because they have a tough matchup coming up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But before we touch on the Steelers real fast, Angela, defense, defensive line, got it after. Jay Cutler forced an interception. Nigel Bradham with a beautiful interception reading Jay Cutler's eyes pretty much. And just and they just they just beat up Cuddy all night. Uh, made him force forced the fumble on him. Defensive line did their thing. I said, like I said on Sunday, that was the key. The defensive line had to get pressure. They got pressure, but 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 that secondary is looking a little suspect. Jalen Mills got beat like a drum horribly on the <laughs> outside Jeffrey double move uh, for oh. 49 yards. If Cutler actually had put the ball a little bit more in front of Jeffrey instead of leaving it up there. Jeffrey would have scored a touchdown on Jalen Mills, but but Angela going into this game against Pittsburgh, <laughs> are you concerned for the life of Jalen Mills because he might have to be going up against uh, Antonio Brown a few snaps? I'm always concerned about Jalen Mills because I think he's one of those players where the Eagles fans are just so desperate for the Eagles to get like the quote unquote steal of the draft. I don't oh, really yes. think he's a great NFL player. I think he's like a stand-in at best. So when he plays as when he plays as a starter, obviously it makes me concerned. Mm-hmm. So I'm not surprised because I don't have that much faith in him to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was noted on this summer. Me and you he's, talked listen, about that. He's a not lot that good. He's not that good. He's Oh, all right, but he's he's not as good as ball player. I would agree. I would agree with you on that. You already know my you already know my opinion. I wanted Eric Rowe mm. to stay here. I was not on the let's get rid of Eric Rowe bandwagon. And they look kind of thin at cornerback right now with no Leotis McKelvin, and now Jalen Mills is going to have to probably you're going with the Jalen Mills Ron Brooks combo Scrub on the by outside committee. with your. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, but you you know what? I feel like in the I mean in the, the corners are starting to become another prima donna position. Um, they're starting to. I'm not calling them that. They got a tough job. But um you look at some of these cornerbacks who Unless you know, Josh would, Norman. Would, you would consider top of the line. And everybody in the cornerback has a limit. I mean, um, there's I don't think there's a such thing as a shutdown corner since Deion Sanders left the game. Um, and, you you know, the ad reads of the world only come once in a lifetime. So it, it really depends on the front seven. And I feel like the Eagles front seven has is, is, is been playing lights out. Alshon Jeffries is going to get his. Um, yeah, I mean, let's remember, before the – before, um, the injury happened last year. He was on track to put up monster numbers. Um, on he was on track to dominate. And I feel as though if 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 you get beat by Alshon Jeffries, I'm not I'm not really mad at you. I mean, thirty of the thirty-two NFL quarterbacks. I mean, cornerbacks are going to get beat by him. However, um, against AB. I think they're going to game game plan a little better. There was there was a few times in that game where Alshon Jeffries just had him one on one, and you know mm-hmm. you're, you're taking a guy like Alshon Jeffries who's coming off an injury. You don't like the, their offensive line. You're like, I don't mind leaving my young cornerback out there against them every now and then. A B, you know they're going to game plan. Listen, I do not want him by himself. There's no. 
there's no island over there. Uh-uh. We yeah, need, just, we need just, the tourists, ask, the visitors, everybody. We're showing Breland. Just ask Breland what happened to him. Here is a missing person report. Breland and Revis Island have been, you know, they've been hit. Sure I mean, all that said, my, my, my main point is just keep the front seven. Let the guy develop. I think, you know, he's despite, you know, getting cooked by Alshon Jeffries, which ain't, you know, that, not that bad. <laughs> I can live I we I can at least live to see another 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 game with him. I think he has a a, a, a ceiling that he that he hasn't reached yet. Mm, interesting. Very interesting. A ceiling he hasn't reached yet. Got a few more minutes left here on the podcast. Let's talk about this upcoming game against the Steelers. Angela, what matchup are you going to be looking forward to watching in this game? Because, like you said, this is the first real test for the Eagles on defense, offense. Peterson, Wentz, Schwartz, this is their first test. This is like their midterm, their early midterm before the bye week. So what matchup are you going to be paying attention to the most in this game coming up on Sunday? I uh, was Zach Ertz. So I'm going to really be paying attention to Brent Selich again. Because mm-hmm. I just think he's an integral part of that team. And, you know, his role has been downplayed with Zach Ertz since he got drafted. Um, I just, there's not a lot of, you know, players in other parts of the field that I'm like, yeah, I'm going to look out for them. I think that. Again, like I said, the D-line needs to step up. The O-line needs to protect Carson Wentz a little bit more. He can't really keep taking the hits that he was. There's a lot. It's You, you can't just pinpoint this game on one player to look out for because mm-hmm. this is their first real test. Right. This one's their first real test. They beat the Browns. Okay. They beat the Bears. Awesome. You know, they need to beat the Steelers and, you know, get some respect. Yes, somebody's going to put some. Somebody's going to put respect on somebody's name, and uh, I don't know whose mm-hmm. name's going to get put respect on. <laughs> I mean, it's, like you said, there's a lot of matchups in this game to focus to focus on. And Wayne, what matchup are you going to be focused on? Because, like Angela said, there's not one you can exactly pinpoint because there's so many different ones that are still developing with this team. Because, like like she said, this is the first real test. I'm going going to say. I kind of have one that I'm zeroed in on. Um, we already know when it comes to the the receivers, um, Big Ben is going to find a way to get his weapons the ball. Um, you know, they're, they're sporadic on offense. They can put up 45 one game and 13 the next game. But either way, Big Ben is going to, going to sling that rock. So I'm going to say my actual um, – Key matchup is Ryan Shazier versus mm-hmm. Carson Wentz, and mm-hmm. the reason I'm, I'm the reason I match him up with Carson Wentz is because it's the thing with with Ryan Shazier and this 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 bank, I mean it's um still his defense this year is they haven't been blitz happy. They've been very and Ryan has done a a, a hell of a job playing his zone. Um. Mm-hmm. Their zone defense flustered. They they flustered. Um, what's his name? Um, the 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 corny cut. Um, the corny cornerback in um, Washington. Um, cousins. Kirk cousins. They flustered cousins with with a, 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 a 
soft zone defense, and they managed to to have a a great game against the Bengals with really stout zone defense. Now couldn't make adjustments. Um, AJ, I mean not AJ Green. Um, Andy Dalton couldn't make the necessary adjustments, but they're not known for making adjustments. So let's see if 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 um, went and his so far, you know, making adjustments and reading the defense. Let's see if he can do that versus this this stout um, defense and and Ryan Shazier. Because if he can open up the middle of that floor and get Ryan out of place. I think they can once again get to that point where they're putting up, you know, um, over 21, 28 points. And I think if they can put up 35 points, they pretty much got this game. Um, it, it, I think it's going to be more of a shootout than, than, than these other games. I think definitely I just don't see this young defense um, getting the big bend the same way that they got the Jay Cutler and RG3. However, I think if they can slow the game down and uh, effectively put up their points, then we have a then we 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 have a, a shooter's chance. Well, I, I def I would I would agree with that. I do think it's going to be a shootout because, like you said, the Eagle like we said, the Eagles secondary is not the strongest. The Steelers secondary isn't the strongest either, so that could mean there's going to be a lot of blown there could be a lot of blown coverages. Like you said, it's going to be a very a high-scoring game. That's going to pretty much wrap up the podcast tonight. But before we go, Angela, are you close to having your selections locked down for the survivors for the survivor Ooh. pick column? Are we close to locking uh, locking our locking our selections down? Uh, I I gotta tell you, I am torn between whether or not I want the Panthers over the Vikings or the Bucks over the Rams. So it's gonna be either one of those. So. <laughs> oh man. Um, the stay away matchup, I'm not entirely sure of yet. But there are a bunch of them that I just don't want to touch the 10 foot ball, so. We got to get the 10 foot pole on, on like a draw, on a radio drop every time. Yeah, the 11, the 11 foot pole because 10 feet sometimes just ain't enough. There you go. <laughs> exactly. There you go. That's, that needs so to be a drop. I need to set up a DL and make it a drop. pretty much going to be Carolina or the Bucks, and I think we're going to be good either way. So, Colin right, will be out later right. this week, but I'm pretty confident oh. in both those picks, actually. I like, I like the sound of that. I'll definitely be looking forward to checking it out, and everybody should check it out. It's going to be on TotalSportsLive.com. Make sure you check out TotalSportsLive.com. A lot of great content coming at you guys this week. A lot of eagle stuff, you know. As you said, we're going to dive into. You're going to get your survivor. You're going to get your survivor pick column. You're going to get your cardinal bet column from Adio and his brother Atiba, who are who struggled the first week, but look like they have rebounded in week two. So we'll see what they give us in week three with their cardinal bet. Remember, don't contact them about your local bookie. They are not condoning anybody to gamble. Just saying. So <laughs> you make sure you, <laughs> make sure you look out for those. Exactly. There you go. Street accountants. They are off the grid. If when when they lose, they are off the grid. I'll just say. <laughs> but <laughs> make sure you check that out. Follow Total Sports Live on Twitter at Total Sports Live. Like the Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter at Joe Ten. Follow Angela at Angela Tone. 
follow Wayne at KidWiz215. He has a couple of he's work. He has, I think he has a project coming up that he's working on a little bit. I think there's a project that he's working on. Yeah, I mean, October 12th, October 12th, um, we're doing a release party for Inhuman, definitely. There you go, Inhuman, October 12th, release party. Listen, he's coming very soon, check it out. They're going to be out there on the internet. You can all trap out the bandwidth to get this, I'm just saying. You don't got to go buy it, you don't got to go buy it, we can trap out the bandwidth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's going to wrap up the podcast, everybody, thanks again for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys on Sunday at 11 o'clock. Hopefully, the Eagles are 3-0, and and we'll be talking about a 3-0 Eagles team heading into the bye week. But for all of us, have a great rest of, have a great rest of the week. All right. Bye, everyone. See you.